Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester Red podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined once again by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello again. And by Charlotte. Hi. It seems like, yeah, it was feels always like a grow in there, wasn't it? It feels like, like we've left never... this room. Well, it's good to be back, isn't it? Yeah, delighted Stick to the winning to be formula. Here. I'm sure it's the podcast devotees are happy to have us back so quickly. And no news of maybe transfer deadline day excitement other than the Marshall contract, which we covered in length in the last podcast. If you've not heard about that, then catch up on that one. But uh, a lot of loanies did leave United on transfer deadline day. I think it was seven in the last 48 hours of the transfer window in total. But I guess... It, it says a lot about the youngsters who are still at United and the chances they have this season, Samuel. Yeah, it, it panned out as as we expected. I mean, we, we did the story that he Solskjaer blocked certain loan moves that the high-profile youngsters, some of them had lined up. I think Angel Gomez was one of those players, I was told. But he was always... You know, open to letting the the more fringe players, the 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 core of the under twenty three team, if you like, to to head out. And I mean, you you listed the number there. I think who was it? Paul Hamilton, Dernley, Sarah, Sang, Williams, Sang, Williams left up permanently. Of course, I'm pretty sure we've missed someone out There's there. A few more in there. That's what I mean, though. I mean, you tweeted yesterday about Sang. It's almost like you forgot about him. Yeah, I, I mean, my mate told me that he played one under twenty under twenty three game all season. Uh, I, I don't really know why they Willock. kept him. Didn't give him the shout it, out. Massey Willock, yeah, who, who's headed out on loan four times in the last one and a half years uh, so I think those those players a lot of them Callum Whelan was another one <laughs> it just, it just keeps on going yeah so it's it easy was, to name the ones who was there isn't well, it I guess yeah that you've, you've got an, an, a, you've got probably a first not first 11 an 11 of low knees really at the moment um, Pereira did we mention him Pereira was mentioned <laughs> uh, Cameron Borthwick Jackson actually uh, was pulling into Carrington as I was pulling out today but I think he's still on loan at um in Scotland, is it, isn't he? Scum. I thought Scot- he was in Scotland. Is he? No, I think no. I'm sorry, Scunthorpe, I thought it was Scunthorpe. Oh, sorry. Scum- Maybe we could do some geography lessons, but yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not very good at geography, to be fair. Scunthorpe. <laughs> Add that to the things I can't. I've do. had the pleasure of in the way day to Scunthorpe, and it definitely wasn't in Scotland. Have you? I've never, been to, never been to Scotland in my life. Isn't it near Grimsby? Have I yes. made that up? Yes. It is. It is very close. One point for me in the no quiz. Karen Borfitt-Jackson is still at yeah. Scunthorpe. Right, not in Scotland. He, he must have been checking him for whatever reason. But the, they, <laughs> these players, they, they know that they've not got a future at United. Uh, a lot of them are out of contract in the summer. I think Willock is, Dernley and, and Whelan, I'm pretty sure are, because they were offered extensions last year. Uh, what I was told is that the club have been quite good and that they were... In, in certain arrangements they're prepared to pay uh, the player uh, the, the remainder of his wage until the end of the season just as a gesture of goodwill but whether with the exception of Roshan Williams where they're all loan deals they didn't need to do that um, in, in Matty Willock's case I was told he was pretty much offered to every League One club and unfortunately none of them were interested in him and he's ended up at League 2 Crawley I think he, his, his family were, were pretty keen to get him to a League 1 club but so it's, it's quite galling but that's that, that, those are the dilemmas you, you have when you're a young player and you're at a, 
a big club, but you know, the, the time has passed you by. And as far as United are concerned, the the main you know the standout prospects now are Chong, Gomez, Greenwood, Garner, uh, Leo Connor maybe is another one. And beyond that, it's it's the really you know you're looking at the sem- other seventeen year olds and the sixteen year olds. Yeah. Ethan Laird was one, wasn't he? Ethan Laird was mentioned yeah. by Solskjaer last week as well. I think um, it, it should be good for the younger lads, like the ones who have been in the under-18s, the ones that won the league and they've imp- they've impressed at that level. They can now try and step up a level to the under-23s because watching the under-23s recently has just been dull, hasn't it? I've got it? a treat of that tonight. You I'm not going to know half the players, which could be... But- Hopefully it'll be an exciting game because if they're young lads that haven't had the chance to play in that league before, they've got a point to prove. And there's a few months to the end of the season, and they can pro- they can show what they can do now. These older lads that don't really have a future at United have gone for now. Yeah, I remember speaking to Sprager earlier in the year, and he said that even at youth level, the youth league was more potent than Premier League Two and get promoted again. But it is glaring that United are in the second division. They're not. They're about fourth, I think, or fifth, and and they they really need to get promoted so that they're so testing think, themselves. Yeah. Do you find it strange they've let so many players go? I mean, Roshan Williams and Poole have been that staple of this defensive partnership all season. They've both left. I think from their perspective player development is always the priority and they're, they're realistic about that I think as far as they're concerned you know, the winter is very much like the summer in terms of the player turnover if not more drastic there were a few players that went last season not as much as uh, this season but I think United have always pride themselves on putting player development first so I can't remember who said it but it might have been Paul McGuinness years ago said that they played some youth game at Crew and, and were beaten by Crew, but they tried to play football in a certain way whereas Crew were just hanging on for a win and he was of the mindset that those Crew players won't develop as well as the United ones will because it's just all about the result whereas I think United they look beyond the result but of course results are really important three years ago they had that shocking run of was it 10 defeats in a row I think under 18 level uh, where questions were justifiably being asked at the academy because it was being co-run at the time by the club secretary and and the technical director that was before Nicky Buck came in Uh, so I think Butts said himself the UEFA Youth League is, is something they really want to win the Youth Cup unfortunately went out the window for them they they just got complacent they got things wrong in that Brighton tie uh, so I mean I, I remember about, I think it was about eight years ago now nearly United playing a reserves game at Blackpool and it was pretty much half this was when Blackpool in the Premier League and half the Blackpool team had played maybe more than half the team had played in the Premier League that season Charlie Adam had come back from an injury he was playing the pitch wasn't in great condition as it often is at Bloomfield Road um, Bebe was on the bench I think United had to have Alan Fettis the goalkeeping coach on the bench because there was a late injury that's when reserve football can be fun uh, but under Mourinho it's not been fun because he's said first team players don't drop down to it the training's intense enough um, at first team level but with McTominay dropping down there recently and, and Chong still being involved in it you'd hope that it's it's more of the Warren Joyce here rather than the, the recent couple of years where it, it really has been a bit of a, a slog watching it they do need those matches though I think to to improve their game keep 
keep sharp it's not just all about fitness is it and knocking it around on the training pitch I think it does make a difference no matter what level you're playing at like Scott McTominay can't get a look in for the first team it's not going to be detrimental to him is oh, yeah, it to, I agree yeah, yeah, to drop, I agree. To yeah, drop to down playing getting sort of minutes is always yeah. better yeah. especially where you can go into a team where you get your confidence back because yeah. you go from being maybe the, the weakest person in the first team to the best player at under 23's level yeah, definitely. and you become a leader again you can maybe get more support from the fans as well when they see what you're doing on social media and see that you're playing well for the, the reserve but I guess Charlotte's off from United point of view it's encouraging that as Samuel said that it's Chong, Gomez and Greenwood Garner have all stayed at the club in January yeah it shows that Solskjaer's going to be true to his word you'd like to think he said I think that they'll all get some minutes before the end of the season although he did say sort of made it out that he'd get the minutes when it didn't matter if they lost yeah, it's still got to be circumstantial, yeah, isn't it? There's no, but so. it, it's good for them. Even even if they don't get to make their debuts, it's good for them to be in and amongst the first team and the caliber of players that they're training with. That's going to help them progress on on the training pitch, and then they can take that into the twenty threes and go on from there. Yeah, it's just as important. I can't remember who said. I think maybe Sprague said it as well. That it's not just about people getting called up to the first team and playing. Mm. It is just about going maybe on an away day, being part of the first team squad, getting to that yeah. ritual. That's just as important. Yeah. Um, I guess. And finally, on the transfer window, Samuel, no major signings. Obviously, we've had the Marshall deal, but do you think United were right not to buy anyone? We've always said that it's important not to buy just for the sake of it. But do you think United's squad? maybe now is strong enough to take them through and get Champions League qualification, maybe a trophy at the end of it? I think it, it is by virtue of, of a number of things. Uh, Arsenal are fourth at the moment, which is just, you know, wow. <laughs> Arsenal, they're, they're above United and, and Chelsea at the time of um, speaking. They might not be at the end of the weekend, but Solskjaer even said today, his press conference, he said, there's a chance of us getting in the top four sooner than we expected. I think even he couldn't believe that given it kick-off in his first game at Cardiff they were what 11 points behind now it's been trimmed to two even with the the draw against Burnley they've they've made up some ground on, on that spot so I think because of the issues at Arsenal and the issues at Chelsea the, the squad is just about good enough I'd still say that that squad and it was kind of reinforced um, with the Burnley result quantity reigns over quality in it and almost every area apart from maybe the goalkeeping department needs addressing in the summer I think if you were to ask United fans now what are they going to need ahead of next season they'd tell you a defender a fullback a midfielder and a forward Um, it's that simple and those circumstances circumstances could change depending on which players come and go but in terms of January I just thought as soon as the managerial change was, was announced I thought that there's no chance they're going to be signing anyone. Even though the club were adamant they were open for doing business, they must have known. You know, we'll, we'll have this. Um, we'll have this stance on it because they don't want to rule anything out. If Napoli were to give them a call and say we'll have him for him, and you can have Koulibaly or something like that, but that was just never realistically going to happen. I think the the Van Dyke deal. It's, it's just been a watershed moment and United are the high profile team in the world in need of a quality centre half there was not going to be one attainable in January so I suppose the only upside for not signing one uh, is that they've got time to do an awful lot of due diligence it's a chance for the scouts to earn their, their crust as well and and, and really identify the ideal acquisition there because I don't think it's just as simple as going out and spending Hundred million on on Koulibaly. They they might have to think a little bit outside the box and go for a left field option, a little bit lo- bit like Eric Bay 
um, which was was an initial success. Uh, but I, I really wouldn't want to predict after Skriniar, Maguire, Alderweireld, Boateng, all these names that they were looking at last summer. Goodness knows where that who they will turn to this summer. Yeah, I guess Charlotte, as Samuel said, there's no excuses really now ahead of the summer because they've got so much time to actually pinpoint someone that they want. As Samuel said, they do have the maybe the money saved as well to get whoever they want to do and recruit them. So you you expect a big summer now. United. Yeah, and you'd like to think that they've been planning for next summer since last summer after they missed out on all those names that Samuel's just <laughs> listed. Quite a list because although they set, came out and said, obviously, we are open for business in January, they're never going to turn out to the, towards the fans and be like, yeah, we're not buying anyone. These are the fans that are screaming out for new player in every single position so I, I can see why as a club and as a PR exercise you'd come out and say oh if the right player comes around for the right sort of money we'll buy them which is true obviously if they were offered someone for the right pro- price I'm sure they would go for it but I think the long-term strategy is always going to be this summer and you'll see whether or not Edward would just decide to splash the cash or not I suppose it depends who they get in as manager as well and who he wants to buy yeah, exactly. And maybe they've got connections to themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samuel, I guess, finally, on terms of transfers, everyone knows it's a centre-back United need, but do you think there are any other positions right now that you'd maybe identify United need to... They'll, they'll need a full-back. Um, I think that I was told Valencia is even like, kind of resigned to leaving in the summer. Uh, Damien wanted to go last year. His his wife's surely pre- he's not going to like hang <laughs> I mean, on for another that's year. That's what I mean. He's And also from personal... Um, viewpoint from him is his wife's pregnant you would imagine they desperately want to go back to Italy this summer more so than last summer and she seemed to pretty much kind of like abandon him just to hope in the hope that he would uh, come out to Italy with her in the uh, last summer uh, Rojo is a player they wanted to get rid of in what six months ago uh, He, I know he can play he's he's mainly plays best football at centre-back but he's also um, capable of playing at left-back so if those three go uh, I think you're looking at minimum two defenders obviously that centre half but uh, even after they got Shaw tied down they were looking at you know they were considering a left back option so it, it's a difficult one they kind of I'm, I'm in two minds that's what they need because there's an argument to say they need a, a Danilo type who's going to play on the right who's going to play on the left who's not going to be a first team who's just going to be a very good versatile squad player or you think they need a specialist because the main right back is not 33 a right year back. old who <laughs> is, has been converted into that position and the alternative is a very promising but a 19 year old who is, is going to have to learn very very quickly if he is to you know take on the torch from young uh, in that position in terms of midfield uh Sorry, not Fellaini. (laughs) Matic, Herrera and Pogba are untouchable and the alternatives are very underwhelming. Uh, Pereira flunked again the other night. McTominay's in the reserves. Fred can't even get in ahead of Pereira. Fellaini is is without question the best (laughs) um, best midfielder out of that quartet, but obviously Solskjaer's taken a new approach. Perfectly understandable uh, as is as a United's decision, uh, United's reasons for selling Fellaini. And up front, I think that that could be an area where they might not, they might leave untouched because they've got six players there. If matter stays, there's no, there's no great incentive to change that area, particularly given how Solskjaer has um, enhanced United as an attacking side. And with Pogba as well, it's almost like having a seventh attacker. Uh, but it was interesting seeing the, 
the, the, the decrease, I think it was the first time since 2012 where the spending had dropped in January and that's been very much in keeping over the last six months. There's been a real, there was an initial bounce to the Neymar deal and of course last January there's an awful lot of spending going on but it has calmed down an awful lot. The summer was pretty underwhelming. I think there were only a couple of clubs who were really spending big. Liverpool wanted to because they wanted to win the league. Chelsea had to because mainly... Courtois left but most of the clubs have been reluctant to go with the market inflation and I don't think any fans of the top six clubs in the Premier League realistically thought that they would spend uh, big this month Chelsea have signed Pulisic but that's that's a player who's coming in in the summer yeah sure I guess one name that I'll touch on there is Juan Mata would you yourself offer him a, a new deal at the club or do you think he's a player who maybe he's already contributed as much as he can to United I think he's a useful player to have in your squad but we've seen that um, in the attacking formations that Solskjaer's been playing he put him in my first 11 every week I just don't think he's as quick as the other options that Jesse Lingard Marcus Rashford Anthony Marshall you need them all to be on the same level of pace or one's going to get left behind when they're on the counter so yeah I'd give him a Give him another year. Everyone loves one, don't they? Well, that's especially me. <laughs> we'll add you to the board of directors soon, Charlotte. Don't worry. Uh, last season, Juan Mata had a good game at Leicester away. Samuel, it's another tricky test this weekend. Um, arguably, you would say Leicester away is a much trickier prospect than Burnley at home. Can you see it as another banana skin for United? Yes, Leicester have over the last what six weeks they've drawn with Liverpool, beaten City, beaten Chelsea. They seem to really get themselves up for the for the top six teams at the moment. But that Jekyll and Hyde thing about them is that they, I think they said, the commentator said during the Liverpool games, the fourth game running where they've conceded in the first 10 or 15 minutes. And the, the fans, or the majority of fans, it seems don't want Claude Puel managing them anymore either, uh, which I can understand because... Simon Peach knows from his Southampton experience how uh, soul-destroying it can be to have Claude Puel as, as the manager but I was just looking at their team at Liverpool the other night it's it's still quite impressive I know mm-hmm. some of the players can be quite erratic but I thought Madison was very good at the start of the season and it's, it's got potential to be a very good number 10 in the Premier League even though he has tailed off a little bit since then Vardy's always a threat and they've got just generally some some good players in that squad they're 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 easily a top half side I don't think they're they're any more than that I'm not too sure what their fans want in terms of expectations they're not going to see another year like 2015 2016 again Uh, but uh, that game last season United snatched what what felt like a defeat from the jaws of victory it was probably one of the most maddening results Mourinho ever had when he was in charge there uh, but in some ways maybe where Burnley took points off United in midweek it reinforced their focus and I'd be very surprised if Solskjaer was to make the same selection mistakes that he did uh, on Tuesday night Yeah, if he picks the same team that he's been picking in the Premier League before that game against Burnley I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't go and beat Leicester I think the selection was a big factor in the result on Tuesday mm-hmm. I don't even know what day we're on now it's been a long all become a blur hasn't it yeah um, <laughs> but um, I think if they stick with that original team and they go there and they attack the way they can I don't think Leicester will be able to 
deal with United's attack. Although saying that, they did all right against Liverpool, didn't they? Although I turned it off because I thought Liverpool were going to score a winner in the 94th minute of Van Dijk header or something. Had visions of Klopp running on the pitch again, so I turned it over. Is that you asking yourself as a City fan? As a City fan? No, just as a anti... Just as a a human in this country who... A football fan, A football fan. Are there any football fans in this country who aren't Liverpool fans who want them to win the league? Have to wait and that's say. a big debate that, that, that is a big debate definitely not who are listening to this podcast anyway yeah. um, you mentioned the uh, team selection should be back to, to what to expect and you went to see Solskjaer's press conference today Samuel and the early team news Marshall and Pogba still in contention to play on Sunday it's it's a fully fit squad if you don't include Marcus Rojo which you might as well not yeah. anymore uh, so that's 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 encouraging for him. I mean, he, he said that nothing's confirmed on Fellaini and then he said we're nearly fully fit and he <laughs> didn't even mention that Fellaini's got a calf injury. So I think it's safe to assume that um, they've they've consigned him to... that They just don't regard him as a United player anymore. Uh, yeah, it's it's refreshing. I mean, they've, they've had a lot of... You know, you're always going to have knocks throughout the season, but uh, I think... Th- given how intense United have been playing recently to have all the players fit come the start of February is a very good place to be in he's not really got what I'd say uh, in, in midweek would be selection dilemmas I, I still think if you look at that squad there are possibly six, 15, 16 players who he can genuinely trust who are going to come in and, and, and do well for him but there are certain players that you, you just even be un, uncertain about taking as part of your travelling squad because either they should have gone already or it's pretty clear that their their futures lie elsewhere. Sure, you've already made it clear that you're, you're confident ahead of Sunday. The optimism's back and you've, yeah, like no you said, negative Nancy but this week. Do you mean so? Do you think the only chance of United slipping up is if Solskjaer rotates again with a squad? Yeah, I, I don't think he should play the same team that he played against Burnley. I think they were lacking in pace, and that's what's got them the wins in since Solskjaer took over that attacking threat that you've seen. But so I think if he goes back, Herrera needs to come back in definitely. Jesse Lingard, Anthony Martial. I, I think I'm not saying it's going to be easy for them, but I, I think they'll win again. You've heard it here first. Confirmed we'll be back early next week to dissect what went wrong and why Charlotte. Yeah. I'm here next week. Well that's a treat for the podcast listeners. So if you want one that's bearable next week, you can uh, (laughs) can we shall be back. But uh, thank you, Samuel. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. Like family. See you every day and we have a nice chat. Uh, thank you very much for subscribe listening to the podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already and join us again next week where we will review that game against Leicester and look ahead to United's upcoming fixtures and the Champions League is on the horizon as well so I'm sure that'll take up a lot of our discussion thank you very much and join us again next week